You're listening to The Bombad Generals. General? Oh. Hello and welcome to The Bombad Generals. It's Seth. We're here with Matt. Uh, hi, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's the middle of my day now, and now you're the one who's at awkward hours. So six a.m. works out well for me. Yeah, it's coming to town. Great movie. Ho ho ho! If you met, if you've ever seen the movie Elf, I have not. Okay. Oh my gosh! Best Christmas movie out there, hands down. Anyways, I'm familiar with a- the fan theory though that that links Elf with the Lego Movie with Barbie, and that intrigues me. Ooh. So. But that's beyond the scope for the of the Bombad Lore Podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's 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 not Legion. All right. Well, we'll skip that. We'll talk about Christmas later. Um, but today we got which. Well, well, I was going to say which. Oh. If if we're talking about Elf, which faction has the most Christmas spirit in Legion? Oh, the Christmas Christmas spirit. Ooh. I, would it have to be Rebels? Because Life Day and, and Wookiees and all that? Oh, probably so. Okay. I, you and I were going different. Going in very different directions? Okay. Yes. I would, I would say Rebels then because they have Life Day. Well, there is no Christmas in there, but there is Life Day. Mm-hmm. But Republic can run more Wookiees, and Wookiees are the ones that celebrate Life Day. Correct. But Republic also, like, uses child soldiers. Um... So I don't know if that's quite within the Christmas spirit. It's like either. achieve your g- dreams for the children, though. So it's like <laughs> they, they, Christmas they, spirit. They do create employment opportunities for, for children. Yeah, yeah. For children, which children and elves are like one and the same thing. Okay. Okay. Well, yes. let's hope we're not canceled after this uh, this episode. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> we're continuing nope. along for our Legion actual discussion. We're continuing along with our uh, series, kind of looking at turn zero battle cards uh, and, and before turn zero as well, because what cards actually go into your deck, you're going to determine uh, before you even show up to the tournament. So what are we looking at today? Uh, yeah, so today we got... Three things, three different cards, one objective, one deployment, and one condition, and that is key positions, long march, and limited visibility. Yeah, three, th- three, three cards I see often. Um, I see a lot of key positions. I think I see key positions in every deck. Pretty much everyone has a reason. It's just especially these days with there's a lot of objectives that don't feel great necessarily key positions is one of those ones that trooper decks can take gun lines can take mobile lists can take with vehicles everyone's got a reason yeah so we'll talk we'll talk about these three now just telling everyone here now these three are not connected in any way so we're talking about each one like it's not them as a whole we're just going to talk each one individually if you're running long march you probably don't want limviz those they, they don't really go well together. I would also say you don't want key positions. Let's talk about Long March since we're already start with Long March. Okay, let's, let's do it. Let's start, do it. Start there. So Long March, you deploy on the short ends of the board, range three in. Yeah. Pros and cons. So that leaves. Why would you? you both are range three up. If you're on the tippy top, you're basically range six from one another because it's range three from the edge. Then you have a range three again to the middle of the board. And then that's mirrored for both players. So range six. So even if you both move forwards, you won't be able to move and shoot at range four. So you, it's pretty far apart. Yeah. 
It is. Which is great for snipers. It's great for anything long range, pretty much. Gun lines usually like it a lot because it, mm-hmm. it gun lines operate a lot on range control and, you know, leveraging range advantages. And the op- if you think of, you know, the opposite of a gun line, you've got vehicle lists, you know, maybe looking to flank with speeders. The board narrows quite a bit. It's kind of creating a choke point because the whole battlefield is only range six wide. And, you know, terrain and whatnot, you're creating narrower choke points, hard to get around and flank with speeders. And obviously, melee or aggressive skews, like something like an Ewok or, or Wookiee skew, um, they don't want to cross all that no man's land to engage and start hitting you at range two and closer. So. Yeah. Gun lines are generally, I'd say, the the main culprit for wanting to run long march. Gun lines, and I would say like uh, vehicles as well, specifically like ATSTs. Yeah, big tanks, big big, big kind tanks, of tanks, vehicle boys. lists. Those like those because normally with ATSTs you can move and get a shot off at range four. Mm-hmm. In uh, I forgot like the movement millimeters for ATSTs, but um, it's big. It's big, but. What I see a lot is like ATSTs. You just put both of them in the middle, right next to each other, and they can they pretty much for their uh, arcs, their uh, firing arcs, like they have the whole board pretty much. Yeah, and if you want to run like a double AAT list in droids, where you have like two AATs decked out and a bunch of chaff, because of the narrower board, it's a lot easier to hide your army behind those AATs. If you're on something like battle lines, it's going to be easier for someone to get into the flanks. Or, you know, saber tank, it's going to be easier for someone to get into that side and start picking up impact. You know, you don't want, for example, rebel snipers or imperial snipers just shooting into the side of a saber tank with high velocity and impact one and pierce. They're not really going to get a chance to do that on long march. Yeah, not not really at all. So, so Matt, what are some pros? We'll talk about the pros of bringing long march and like when you want to bring it and then when you don't want to bring it. Mm-hmm. Start, start with the pros. Yeah, so I think when you want to bring it, we've kind of touched on already just as far as like listen stuff. But I think for me, maybe this is jumping ahead. When you want to play it is also a very interesting discussion because you look, we, we talked about how far apart things are, you know, when you start range six apart on long march. And that's very true. It's it's the objective where you can generally, if you're, if you're trying to be as close as possible, you're going to be as far. It's the it's the furthest objective. Yeah. Um, something like advanced positions, you can start really far apart, but you can also start pretty close if you want, if you deploy in that little panhandle. Um, but that's all to say, don't think that just because you start far apart, that it means the objectives are also going to be as far apart as possible, right? Because it actually, because it, the, the way the objective is shaped, it's just a straight line at range three, then it's going to force all those objectives to beyond range four of each player's board edge versus something like major offensive or advanced positions. Your armies can start closer, but you can hide your objectives farther away. So if you're playing something like recover the supplies or VAPs, then you can hide your VAPs better on other objectives versus long march they're going to be a little bit more uh exposed so this actually came up back in adepticon it would have been 2022 adepticon when i was playing kyle uh kyle dornboss in 
um, that event, he was running an Anakin Padme clone ball, and I was running Luke DLT, so like two gunline lists, and I was Red Player back when Red Player lost on Vaptize. And the way it was shaping up, the best option was to go with Vaps, but to force Long March, which actually made it a much more interesting game, and he, he had to expose a unit to tap a Vap which allowed me as red player to pick off an activation and win on points. But if we had left it with something like, as I say, advanced positions, major offensive, then he can hide them away. I have a much hard time cracking through. So whether you are, um, that's probably more for red player. If you are forced to be playing something that maybe you don't want to play or you have last ban, that's how I would control it. Now, it's a little bit different nowadays because if you are red player, it's quite possible that you win ties. So maybe you do want to go with one of the other deployments so that you can pull the objectives back as far as possible. That's fair. Yeah, I remember actually a game we played um, at the World Qualifier of GSG where we played um, Recover the Supplies with Long March. And Long March, I think, was actually more beneficial for you than me um, because you won ties. I believe, yeah, you won ties. No, no, no. It was, I won I won ties as a yeah. red player. But yeah. I was so objective skewed that I needed to get to the middle. Like, you had range on me, and I, I needed to get to the middle uh, right. a lot quicker than you did with my, like, Yoda Chewy. And you were just able just to hold that line with your gun line and be like, if you come in here, I'm going to kill you. And so that was actually a lot harder for me um, because there wasn't as much maneuverability that I had. Yeah, and that's an interesting one on VAPS. That's a good distinction because I'm talking about more the two objectives that Mm -hmm. you choose to place. In that game, the important one with Recover is the middle uh, in our matchup. It was all about who got the middle. And because it's... A, a long deployment that is the deployment where I'm forcing you to s- as far away as possible from the middle. It's going to take the longest to get there. Um, so yeah, you can't do your Yoda Chewy shenanigans of scout up and then uh, with Chewy and then backpack and then move and claim. I didn't want any of that crap. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. It's do you want to protect your home objectives versus do you want to make it harder slash easier, depending on whether you want to play long march or not, to get to that middle objective? Yeah. Just some things to think about when putting long march in your deck, slash do you want to play long march? Um, I think if you're an aggro list uh and your red player in long march is coming up, you probably don't want that. Um, unless you want, unless it's something like recover where it's like, okay, I can hold like range two to the middle. And then if they come to get it, cause again, the blue player has to force the objective in order to win. Um, then you can go and like hold that line. It's all strategy that you can think about whether it's like, depending on the objective, do you want to bring long March or not? And like, yeah, I could be aggro or not. I could see a case where a really aggro list, it's harder now in a way with the scale changes, but say, you know, you've got some Wookiees and you don't want them to get shot until they engage really, right? Until they're very close to engagement. 
Uh, you want them to get shot once so you get tenacity, but that's it. Um, and the good thing about Long March is that you get a turn or two to really position before the shots start getting fired, which means if you do have, you know, the last event I was at, there was a lot of really big train pieces near the middle. Um, too big, I would say, in many circumstances, but uh, uh, with tables like that, Long March, you could have enough time that even if your deployment's kind of open, you can double move, get behind stuff, and just advance behind cover. So even though it's long, you're not really gonna, they're, they're not gonna be able to pick away at you at range four and three because you have that time to get in cover before that happens. Versus on a shorter deployment, yes, you can get there sooner, but they might be able to start attacking you before you can hide out of LOS or hide in cover. Yep. So if you need time to get set and get positionally, uh, get in position, Long March can be good for that. Cool. So what is, so those are like when you want to take it. Now let's talk about when you don't want to take it. If you see in the battle deck or if you don't want to play it. Mm-hmm. What are some reasons? If you want things to happen fast and if you want to get on flanks, if you've got, you know, we've talked about aggro, we've talked about flanking speeders, but something more like R2, you know, any kind of secret mission, probably not gonna have a great time uh with it because that's it's it's gonna be really really hard to score for r2 especially like speed one moves he's basically double moving the whole game and it's very constricted so a unit doesn't have to go too far out of their way to intercept and nuke that unit versus on a wider board they might have to really go out of their way to do that um so that's one big one i would say on when you you really don't want to play it for R2. Yeah, I would also say like for speeders because mm-hmm. speeders if anytime I see long march I'm like I don't want that if I'm running parks. Um because my barks especially with the cover changes you really want those flanks and you really want to get those open cover shots and it's very close to to impossible <laughs> to mm-hmm. to get out of cover shots when it is long march. And then yeah. also um with like long march like it's so narrow that like your speeders aren't really like like doing their own thing um it's it's both yeah it's like you're facing like a gun line it's like your gun line can easily get to the speeders to where like it's easier for them to corner them too yeah it's not only harder for them to get in and get those shots but it's hard they don't really have the space to bounce away kind of like that discussion we had last episode on breakthrough where you want to be more central so that you can give yourself space to bounce to the outside. Yep. Uh, that space doesn't exist. The whole point that we were talking about breakthrough is to either try to make the table narrow if you were not the speeder player or make the table as wide as possible. Long March just forces the ter- table to be narrow. Um, yeah. I would also almost say bounty can get, as someone who's played a decent amount of bounty hunters, uh, I would say bounty is actually a bit harder on something like Long March, just because, again, since it's harder to get those cheeky flanks, it's easier for someone to hop behind LOS blocking and, well, I can't really get to them without going through the whole army and getting my bounty hunter killed. Versus on other deployments, you might be able to sneak around, peek them, and and launch a boba rocket or something. That's fair. Yeah. I personally just hate Long March, <laughs> just in general. I love it. I love it. That's our that's our play styles. Long March fits great for 
for most of the lists that I love. I've, I like yeah. Jedi who need time to maneuver around and, and get in cover and out of LOS, and I like gun lines, so it's perfect yeah. for me. And I just like the maneuverability that I don't really get on Long March. And I feel like Long March is just like a slower game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, I think that's just how the deployment is. So it's slower, but kind of faster in a sense, too, because you don't you, turn one is just positioning. You can often go through that pretty quickly. Yeah. As opposed to like if dice are flying turn one, it's going to take a lot longer. So do you do you like Limviz then? Is that more in your wheelhouse? Uh, yes, I do like Limviz. I like it a lot um, unless I'm playing Dark Troopers. Yes, that's the thing. I was actually thinking now with the Dark Troopers kind of on the way out. Or are they? Because as I don't know, I don't think we talked about it. Yeah, it was just a message I sent you. We didn't talk yeah, about it on the last message. pod. I'm kind of thinking about Dark Troopers again. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but a lot of these Yoda skews, I was running two RPS. I think I wouldn't have too bad a time versus Dark Troopers, but a lot are only running like one RPS. And then, you know, maybe you've got a mortar for critical one, and then everyone's got echo. So you got a little bit, but not a lot. For, and for Republic specifically, yeah. For Republic specifically, like yeah. if as a counter meta option, mm-hmm. Dark Troopers could could maybe make a comeback. I don't know, um, but they're generally on the downslope now. Yeah. Back when Dark Troopers were a thing, you you really didn't want to have Limviz. No. Nope. Um, and we'll get to eventually rapid reinforcements, which was even that even more extreme. Um, so I feel it's it's kind of safe to take Limviz again. Are you taking it? Uh yeah, for like a for like my Yoda objective school skew list, yes, I am taking mm-hmm. limited viz. Um because so this is why I like to bring put limited viz. Um I'm not really running a gun line. And sometimes in situations like recover the supplies, I, I want to do like some tricky stuff where it's like Yoda and Chewie can do some things and limited viz just guarantees that they're not really going to get shot <laughs> from like a full yeah. on gun line. And it just opens me up to have those turn one plays where I have a little bit of flexibility and I'm not really having, I have the, I don't have, I have the reward without the risk. Uh, mm-hmm. Now if the whole gun line like deploys range two, that's a different story. But then there's more strategy than like, okay, you're a lot closer now to Yoda or to my force user to where instead of going for the objective, then I just attack you because you're right there and I'm yeah. in your lines already. So it's it's actually good. It, it combos well with what we were just talking about on Long March because with Lin Viz, you can kind of get the best of both worlds. You could get a close deployment, but still have that turn one of setup yeah. where you can move around without getting shot because I think most most experienced players will know this but for anyone newer like turn one limbiz don't plan on shooting anyone it's not a it's not like a hey i'll get to range two and and blow them up because standbys exist so ever just if there's any threat people will just take a bajillion standbys um and you don't want to walk into those standbys because the people could just move out of range and now you're overextended or they could just get the first hit off on you because you can't knock off the standby if you can't get to range um if you have to get to range two to shoot them you're not going to knock off the standby yeah uh, um, except for like a very weird case where you could get into range two mind trick from out of los but like it's no one runs mind trick so it doesn't matter it's bad speak for yourself no i'm just kidding <laughs> Even even new suppression rules with Yoda double tapping mind trick uh, on the last turn, like it's not good. Even in that circumstance, yeah, no, you have to like mind trick 
you'd have to it'd be like Yoda's two pip where like you double force blast and then mind trick. And it's like that's such a I think maybe yeah. situation. Back when shared standbys were a thing, maybe, but nowadays, right, like the scariest standby situation, Yoda can just do in one turn. Guidance and standby, force push you out, boom, yep. fire supported shot exactly. yep. with a standby. Like it's you, you can't mind trick your way out of that. But that's a no. sidetrack. You're anyway, just trashing yes. on mind trick. Um but yeah, it's it's really think of of Limviz as that turn to that first turn where you can um get in position. And turn two still, like range three, gun lines can operate, but they're not getting that plinky plinky range four, get some attrition before we move into range three and really start walloping. And that's a that's a keyword that I was thinking about is attrition, is those gun mm-hmm. lines, especially like those arcs, snipers, range four criticals, like they want to start attrition turn one and limited vis cancels that even like mm-hmm. not just round one but kind of round two a little bit because you don't have that range for poke at all and like it just yeah. nullifies your snipers so yeah. taking out my opponent's snipers if they're running three snipers that's that's 120 points right there over yeah. that or, or like Aiden or bosk those guys you know, they don't want to get to range three for sure yeah and even a range even a gun line that's range that has range four elements like i know dlt spam isn't really a thing anymore but that sort of list that has range four poke even when things close to range three you you never really have all five units firing at range three it's a couple units doing range three cycling up and then a few cycling back plinking range four so you're really taking a lot of stuff away even with just range three because it's not like their whole army is going to get to shoot and if they do then their whole army again is closer to you you can charge in and, and probably by turn three you're swinging your swords or, or what have you yeah i really like limited this because it more affects like it hurts my opponents a lot more than it yeah. affects me from the list I like to run how I like to operate I see limited viz not as something that like if someone sees it like on slot one or two it's like oh I have to cancel that out so that's like a cancel out already that mm-hmm. I have uh, when we were talking about flipping for the battle deck um, so that's why I like to bring it a lot is because people cancel it all out and I'm like oh there's a free battle deck yeah and it, uh, if it's like there for the taken I'm probably going to take it conditions are probably the least important quote unquote like of the of the three types of cards usually your priority should be getting a really good um deployment and objective and then the condition is there's a lot of conditions out there that both players can kind of just shrug their shoulders and say "Eh, whatever that's fine like it will it will favor you or me a bit more but it's it's not a deal breaker um but limviz 100 is something that as you say will force a lot of opponents to say no i can't i can't have that happen and use one of their two burns on it which means you get to decide the more important ones uh better because you have two two bands to their one in that scenario so i like bringing it for that sake Mm -hmm. yeah well two i guess the other thing right is if you can have you know oftentimes we look at objectives if there's that two three slot Mm-hmm. Um, or that three four slot. Like, there's a couple ways it can fall where your opponent can force two two objectives. Um, so, like, if they're or or I guess 
depending who's blue and red in this scenario, it might be more like, hey, I have two, I have like breakthrough bombing run or hostage bombing run in the first two slots. They're going to want to spend their uh, first two turns banning those. So great. I'm going to be able to just whatever, ban one condition and I get limb viz. So I don't get my favorite objectives, but I get to have limb viz because they're busy banning those objectives. So it's, it's, it's really nice when you can get strong cards in the condition slot, which again was one of the great things about Dark Troopers because they could they, they could take Limviz and um, Rapid. Rapid and just feel great about their con- and have a really terrifying condition slot. Yeah, not a lot of condition affected them. No, unfortunately, but yeah, war weary, hostile. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Like, but war weary and hostile, I think, are both mainly in that category of like, eh, it's an inconvenience, but. If that's what I'm forced to play with, whatever. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we get there, when we get there. Yeah, we'll get there. So you hate limited viz with your object. Oh, wait. Okay, hold on. Actually, for your arc trooper lists, do you hate limited viz? I would not because I... I like the flex of that list, right? Part of the... I think part of what makes Yoda arcs very, very strong um, is that it can leverage... It can work well at range or when it has to press the W key and go all in. For me especially, right, I'm, I'm running Clone Commander with two RPSs, so I have lots of fire support potential um, at range four. And obviously there's three sniper rifles. So if you're fire supporting an arc sniper plus RPS at range four, in certain matchups, I'm feeling great about that. Um, I, if I'm against like a um, an aggro list, I do not mind doing that for a few turns while they close. And then then I turn up, you know, I'm not going to proactively close range on those lists. So I think it's flexible like that, which is why taking that option away from them, because if you're running this, you're going to have a list that wants to get close. Yeah. And taking that option away, they're not going to love it. It might not be the worst thing. They might live with it, but it's not ideal for sure. Yeah. So that's limited vis. Yeah, it. it's collecting dust in my binder right now. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. I have it actively in my card holder, ready to go. <laughs> Great. So last, but certainly not least, we're moving on Sir, to the objective no. is key positions. Three objective points, um, all a terrain piece. Not a barricade, to be exact. Because <laughs> you can no yep. longer put it on a barricade, even if the barricade was pre-existing there. Anyways, um, that are there. Why would people bring key positions? Or I guess, okay, everyone brings key positions. It's one, it's I think it's a super easy objective to understand. But mm-hmm. like, what would make your list or your play style more favorable for key positions yeah so i'll talk about i guess i'll talk about the um the gun line side and i can talk about body swarm side too and maybe you can talk more about the your your sorts of lists we can kind of talk about why each why why it's something we can agree we both take i think from the gun line side key positions is uh an objective that doesn't score until the end of the game which hopefully is turn six um you want that to be turn six to get full game in. But that means that you can just sit back and just plinky, 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 and not really worry about the moving towards the objective until the late game. So you can just sit, leverage that range advantage, and not get penalized for it because there's no scoring until 
very late in the game. Um, that's kind of a, a big reason, I think, why gunline lists like it. And it's it's the kind of objective two where so they, the, the enemy will have to come to the middle at some point. And if you can have a gun line that your enemy has to walk into to get to the objective, you're feeling great. Right. So you're shooting at long range and then eventually that range is going to close on turns four, five, six. And hopefully you have enough firepower, enough attrition already. You just go and finish the job. That's why I like it as a gun line list as a body swarm list. So if you're talking like 14 act Ewoks, then I would even say like an 11 act droid list is body or 11 act droids does this as well. It's the kind of objective that you can just swarm with bodies at the end of the game. Um, you can just hide, 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 swarm with bodies versus, you know, something like intercept where you can kind of do the same thing, but then you have to win on kill points and stuff, or you have to go earlier and then you can get shot. You can hide the whole game and then just pile drive at the end. As you said, droids do this great too, because they just have so many of them and the perfect order control. Um, and yeah, suppression Suppression is kind of the downside to it for gun lines. Mm -hmm. If you have a lot of like courage one units, because movements and actions are so important at the end of the game, because you don't generally want to be sitting on that middle objective the whole game. Usually like last turn, you want to have a move. Sometimes you need a double move. Um, and a suppression means you can't double move or you can't move and attack. Yeah. If I you're courage lot, one. Yeah, I played a lot of key position games to where like, it all depended on if this unit like cleared their suppression or not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and and force users and force users love uh, key positions because it's a an objective where they can just go last, force push someone off, and say you're not scoring. You're you not know? scoring. You and can't force push feature. a wound off of a VAP. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's why Yoda's so good because Yoda can take a. Uh, guidance, kind of. Anyways, you can double guidance on it. It's not the same though. Like you can just walk onto key positions at the end and force push two guys off. Yes, and potentially swing his lightsaber too. Again, like if everyone's coming to a close spot, that means the Jedi can start chopping. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's the laundry list of reasons why it can work well for a gun line. Yeah, and if you're a new player to this game, I would highly encourage you to not... Matt kind of touched on it a little bit, but, like, I've seen a lot of players that they just, like, dive into the key position, like, turn two, turn three, to where, like, okay, I have this, now I just got to control that. Most of the time, that's not going to help, and it's more of, like, you want to kind of slow play the game. Some people hate slowing play the game, which I get it, but I think the greater, stronger advantage for this uh, objective is slow playing it and like doing a lot of that range control, doing a lot of poke. I think we talk a lot, we've talked previously in the podcast about how VAPS is kind of like the highest competitive like like game that you can play because it's like there's a lot of strategy and poke and range control. And I think key positions is probably the next one there. Mm -hmm. Um there's just some other factors that come into it as well. So you can like, get some very like as far as like technical legion stuff, mm -hmm. um, key positions is definitely one that you can get some very technical play at yeah. the end of games, because if it's devolving into like melees and snapping rules and and all of that, it gets very uh, in the weeds and the nitty gritty. Yeah. There's a lot of snapping. I've made a lot of mistakes. Key position snapping. So, um, yeah, there's it's pretty it's pretty technical. So, 
anyways so actually you, you said why do i bring it i actually do not bring it in my list that's fair you've got better options because it yeah. is so favorable for almost everyone like ev- almost everyone can play mm-hmm. um key positions and do what like decent at it um where some lists are like not as strong um on certain objectives where i'm stronger anyways i think if we're talking about other lists that are really good we talk like some droid lists like aats love key positions in yeah. my opinion because sometimes you get stuck on a terrain piece in the middle to where it's just like a bear like a box <laughs> you know like it's such a small um mm-hmm. key position it's like a crater or whatever or just like a small piece of area terrain and your your whole like um tank vehicle can just sit on top of it and be like no one else can be on top of this except me mm-hmm. so that's where like it kind of forces your opponent to like have to kill your vehicle or else you're just going to score everything of course yeah. that's like in the sit in the sense of that like a specific terrain i think is very helpful for vehicles mm-hmm. um, and like i've played a double bus key position so i'm like i have to kill these buses <laughs> like, no. like in order buses to are killable at least double yeah, aat like you if they don't want you to kill both AATs, you will not kill both AATs. They will have at least one, quite possibly two, left for the end of the game that just go and walk on that middle objective. Yeah. Um, and the important thing, if you're going with that strategy, is you can't, especially against force users, you have to be very careful about sending actual troops up there. Because if they can, if, if your opponent can create a melee, engaged troopers can't be displaced. So if there are engaged troopers on that KP... You can't sit your tank there because you can't displace them. Correct. So you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot by like, oh, whatever, I'll throw this B1 unit in there and they'll take their time. And it's like, oh, no, shoot. They just force push them and create a melee. And now my whole strategy is gone. It's kind of like the last turn you want to move your tank on there. The first activation that you do. Well, you could do it the last activation That's so it doesn't get awesome. shot. Because if it's 10 opponent units, they're not in melee with themselves and you just displace all of them. That's fair. That's fair. Um, now they might be standing by, but then you can spend the whole turn kind of shooting the standbys off. Yeah. Yeah. Similar concept. And I think a reason why I agree. Yeah. In an objective skew list like yours, you know, with, with Yoda Barks, you don't really want it because it, it can kind of work for everyone. And the whole point of the list is to like have very favorable objectives. But if you got forced into key positions, mm-hmm. it's not terrible, A, no, because there's Yoda, but also on the same principle as the covering the whole objective, the home objective, you know, the home, the, the objective that the player gets to choose, um, that's somewhere where there's almost certainly not going to be a melee. And if that's a small one, sometimes, you know, like I was playing a game, I kind of had to choose a, a few crates as my home objective because it's just the only thing that really worked given the deployment and where the train came out um you can just take a bark and just go sit on it at the end of the game uh there's almost certainly not going to be a uh a melee so you don't have to worry about that if you can cover the whole objective awesome it's it's going to come up a little less frequently because that is um a player decision but you can certainly as i say there are times where it's just going to kind of have to be that those units are easy to easier to hedge out with standbys, but more things that your opponent has to account for is always good versus they can dedicate all their resources to the middle objective. And that's why I think it's like for key positions. So like if I'm playing that actually, actually a lot of my strategy is okay. How can I like attack their home base? Yes. 
and not necessarily like, of course, defend the middle. But like, I I want to be guaranteed because not it's not always guaranteed. If you just go for the middle, you're going to get it. So it's like, mm-hmm. how do I bring other factors or like take pressure off the middle? Is like you attack their home base, and that's why I think it's like so important that like there's a lot like. I try really hard just to not like I like I love rolling dice but like I try really mm-hmm. hard not to just like go in like oh I'm gonna attack and I'm gonna just kill and roll dice mm-hmm. but like key positions like oh no I want my activations to stay alive until the last turn because really yep. it's not a turn one or two game it's a turn mm-hmm. six game like yep. and so I need to make sure that I'm playing all the way to the end and so that's where like I'm playing a lot more conservatively my bikes probably aren't even engaging honestly until like turn five mm-hmm. they're setting up and then turn six they're moving in you know you don't want to be at a big activation disadvantage on that last turn if your opponent can go last 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 with like three units yep that's really hard to come back because not only do they force user yeah well and can any unit can score that's the thing so any unit can score a kp which means uh, any activation advantage they have is not only units moving last, it's units, they have more units, period, that can't score. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like what you're saying about attacking the home objective, because I think that is an important part of playing VAPs. And to kind of go along with that, how far apart, so you got your middle objective, yes. how far apart are we putting that, um, your home objective? Are you putting it as far back in the corner as you can, or are you putting it closer? So I preferably like to do it a little closer. I'm yeah. probably about like range one and a half away. It, of course, same, it depends same. on the terrain. Yep. Because I think for two reasons. If I get some unlucky dice rolls and I just like, and I'm down to one unit, they can just like move back and now they're scoring for me no matter what. Yep. Um, and also, I think it also, because it, because I'm so close, like the the middle objective and like the my home objective is close, I can protect one, both of them equally. Yeah. So it's like exactly if they if bikes come in and they try to attack, it's like okay, I have my whole army and I'm not just having like one unit like like my throwaway unit just trying to protect them. So I think that's a big thing. Is like it's. I, I think for key position, you don't want a big dispersion of your units out around the board you kind of want to more clump together to like okay like you're kind of more on a defense mode and less of an offense mode and so yeah. having them a little closer together is like i have I, I have a more solid defense i think starting out it feels safer to have it away in a corner yeah but in reality it's not as safe because your units aren't there your units are going towards the middle usually and a lot of lists uh, want to stay together um so if you're going to have most of your army by the middle anyways, have your other objective near to the middle so that, yeah, I have 10 units here. It's not all going to just go to the middle. I can go five and five if someone you know, threatens my back objective. I can go three and seven. I can, I can divvy them up however I want. Um, because again, actions become so important. If it's too far away, you just might not have enough actions or you might get really messed up with a suppression. If they're kind of in that, yeah, range one and a half zone, if you're in the middle, even a one action courage one unit with a suppression can single move either way, unless there's snow. And that's why I see some people sometimes take naked, naked snows um, instead of naked storms. Keep KP is an example of why you kind of want storms in that situation. I mean, 
being able to move and dish suppression isn't bad with a double move, but you just generally want a bit more speed. You want to cover a bit more ground. Um, but yeah, I'm very much in the camp as well of like, have a closer, keep put my home objective closer. Now, does that mean maybe it's a little more um, vulnerable to attack? Potentially, but you ha- want to make sure that they have to go through your army to get there. Yeah. It's really hard to attack an objective that there's 800 points like defending yeah. it. So, and I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but like having like, oh, how, how, how do we phrase this? It's like engaging your like with your whole army at the same time and not necessarily engaging like with one unit or two units at a time but you kind of want if someone comes into your lines you want your whole army to be able to hit it and not just Mm -hmm. one or two units um and that's where like if you have your objectives closer that's very possible um and it's very hard because like if i'm sending a bark in i'm sending it into five activations that'll potentially shoot it and kill it i'm like okay yeah they're gonna die you know yeah so there's no point in bringing it like that's that's where i just use the barks to just go into the middle like okay i just need more bodies in the middle yep yep which is great that's why that's why i love barks is because they're so flexible i can either they are very flexible go in the middle so yeah i can't blame i can't blame you yeah I think that's pretty much it I have for KP. Yep. Um, any any additional things? So what, what would you, you do for like a melee on? skew list? So is it more just like, just go for the middle? Or are you like, you're going for the middle and then you're just going to power through and then up like... It's tough, yeah. There's depends. Like when I think about aggro lists, I guess part of my mind still thinks about like one of the one of the old great ones which was ta- original Tons mm. and the way those lists kind of operated was like, we're going to smash your lines so quickly and take up your time so that you just can't get to doing objectives fast enough, um, right? Because like the Tons will die eventually but the idea is by the time you kill them there's not enough time left in the game for you to accomplish all the objectives. Um and I'm not sure how well that works into something like key positions, because if I turn five, I've, I've, I've finished all these Wookiees that are in my, I've, I'm finishing off the Wookiees that are in my face and I have two guys left in the squad. They can just walk onto the middle of, there's still time to walk onto the middle objective, right? So I, I haven't played enough of it honestly in recent times to be sure but it probably wouldn't be my my first option but it, again it depends on matchup yeah right if i if i'm a melee skew going into a gun line i am not really i want the gun line to have to come towards me before turn six i don't want to be just going into them uh before then yeah that's fair all right just wanted to see if you had any thoughts <laughs> Yeah. Do you agree generally with those yeah, thoughts? No, or, yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, I think because like dice, because like if I'm doing like wookies and I'm like running them in, there's like it's never a gu- like you want to take out units like activations mm-hmm. and it's never a guarantee when it comes to dice. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just if your whole goal is just to take out units, I don't think that's like a great strategy. Those sorts of lists are not lists that actually generally win on 
kill points or end up with activation advantages. Yes. Um, both of which are handy. Because again, if you're up on kill points, then you don't have to win the center objective. You just have to tie it. Yeah. Um, which helps as well. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, if you have secret mission, it's a big equalizer too. Um, because if, if you can just put R2 around the outside, then score your home objective, score secret mission, 2-2, two, two, it's coming down to kill points. So that can that can kind of flip that objective yeah. specifically as well. Yeah, secret mission is... And even bounty as well. Like bounty, same bounty. thing for sure. And that's the great thing is that like for a bounty or keeps it or um, secret missions that like it's very like it, it makes a big impact on a game like key positions. Mm-hmm. Well, the great thing about bounty is if you bountied something, it means you did kill it, so you have some kill points in the bank yes, as well. If it goes to two two, yeah. And normally that thing is ninety plus points. Hmm around there unless it's like an officer so we'll just say like 50 plus yeah which is exactly the game now (laughs) sweet officers are good generic officers yeah that's all mine i think there was a a good lineup of three again probably don't run all those three together um but hey i'm not gonna tell you what to do i guess if you do (laughs) good luck (laughs) good luck yeah you'll need it and stay gungan this has been the bomb bad generals Listening to Bob Band Generals is not scientifically proven to make you a better Legion player. Side effects may include bad dice rolls, misfigures, aim losses, bankruptcy, divorce, vomiting, and sudden death. Ask your doctor if Bomb Bad Generals is right for you.